0: Uh, He killed his his baby, and he's in the house. Okay, you said that he told you he killed his baby? Okay, ma'am, listen to me. What's your name?
1: When an adopted daughter decided to reconnect with her biological parents, she had no idea that it would be the worst decision of her life. Although she may have been looking for a rekindled relationship with her family, that relationship would take a disturbing turn for the worse. What is up, EWU crew? Today we will be following the destructive series of events that turned a man into a cold-blooded killer. They say blood is thicker than water, but when it comes to this case, it will be proven that father doesn't always know best let's get into it as a young man in his early 20s Stephen Plato groomed an underage girl from San Antonio he had met over the Internet he decided to make the trek from his home in New York all the way down to Texas to meet the young girl the year was 1995 and the girl was 15 year old Alyssa The pair's parents didn't stand in the way of their union, even though Alyssa was still a child at the time. The two continued their relationship, and Alyssa soon became pregnant just two years after meeting Stephen. On a January day in 1998, the young 17-year-old Alyssa went into labor and, together with her soon-to-be husband Stephen, welcomed a little girl into the world. Alyssa allegedly witnessed Stephen physically abusing their infant daughter, who they named Denise. According to Alyssa, he would pinch Denise so hard that he would leave bruises all over the defenseless baby's body. If that wasn't enough, she claimed that Stephen would even trap the baby in a cooler and diabolically wait until almost all the oxygen had run out before releasing her. But these were sadly only just a few of the alleged abuses his daughter would experience at her father's hands. Fed up, Alyssa stepped in and did one of the hardest things a mother could arguably do. She decided to give her baby up for adoption so that her eight month old could live and be happy. Stephen and Alyssa's daughter Denise was adopted by Anthony and Kelly Fusco who were described as very kind and open-hearted people. They renamed the baby Katie, and she was sent to live with them in their happy home in Dover, New York. There, Katie would grow up to become an artistic young lady on her way to college. All the while, her birth parents, Stephen and Alyssa Platel, remained together and had another daughter nearly 10 years after giving up Katie for adoption. Alyssa felt that they were older now and more mature and therefore more capable of raising children. They had a total of two children, both daughters. While the couple raised their two girls, tension between the pair increased. Alyssa said her ill-tempered husband's behavior continued throughout their marriage saying, he would destroy things in the home when he was upset, punching holes in the walls. Making matters worse was the claim that Stephen could not hold a steady job for nearly eight years, leaving the burden of providing for him and their two children on Alyssa's shoulders. Stephen's unpredictability caused great concern for his wife. Alyssa would later describe Stephen's true character by saying, I was always on eggshells, whatever his mood was, everybody knew, and that mood was often not happy. A lot of yelling, a lot of things smashed in the house in front of our kids. Joy returned to Stephen and Alyssa when they received a notification on their social media accounts. It was from their firstborn, Katie, who was now 18 years old. She had turned to the internet to help her track down her biological parents and was successful in locating them. After trading messages, Katie changed her plans of studying art in college. Instead, she moved down to Henrico, Virginia to live with her newly found biological parents and younger sisters. Katie's adoptive parents were wary of the arrangement, but decided that she was old enough to make her own decisions. Familial bonds were formed, but Katie's arrival would only push Stephen and Alyssa's marriage further apart. Stephen's behavior changed whenever he was around his daughter, Katie. Alyssa even pointed out that Stephen attempted to make himself look younger by shaving his beard and changing up his wardrobe. Noticing the growing kinship between Katie and Stephen, Alyssa felt the need to disclose to Katie the abuse she had suffered at the hands of her father when she was an infant. But the news didn't faze Katie, instead, The father and daughter grew even closer. Things between Stephen and Katie took an awkward turn when the 40-year-old started sleeping on the floor of Katie's bedroom. Growing concerned by the situation, Alyssa asked Stephen why he felt the need to sleep in her room. He became confrontational and stormed out of the house. Stephen's affection for his daughter had transcended normalcy. They had fallen in love. In November of 2016, still unaware of her husband's and daughter's intimate relationship, Alyssa moved out and filed for a divorce from Stephen. They split the custody of their two younger daughters and Katie stayed in the home with Stephen. Now with nothing in their way, Stephen and Katie continued their incestuous relationship. It wouldn't be until the following May when Alyssa would finally realize the extent of the affection between her now ex-husband and their oldest daughter. It was a bombshell journal entry that detailed the unnatural relationship. The entry was written by Stephen and Alyssa's 11-year-old daughter. The young girl wrote, Katie is pregnant. Dad says they feel like couples. "'Did they get a little too drunk that night?' "'My dad is... "'Adding. "'He's Satan. "'He's Satan. "'He'll go to hell, "'but he won't be the one getting tortured. "'He'll be the one torturing people.' "'In the journal, "'the young girl drew pictures "'of both her dad and sister, "'portraying them as demons. "'The entry concluded with, "'Wait one second. "'If he's Satan and Katie is a human,' Then the baby will be half demon. Horrified about learning of the twisted love affair and the pregnancy, Alyssa later recounted, I lost it. I started screaming. I felt like I was going to throw up. She then said that she immediately called and confronted her deranged ex about it. He responded, I thought you knew we're in love. Alyssa replied, How could you? You're sick. She's a child. Alyssa tried to save her daughter once again by calling the police to report the now-known incest. Although police interviewed the two younger daughters, neither Stephen nor Katie were placed under arrest, and they continued living together under the same roof. On the warm summer day of July 20th, Stephen and Katie decided to take their relationship to the next level. They traveled to Maryland to get married. Father and daughter marriages are not legal in the state of Maryland, so the couple lied about being related on their marriage application and as a result were able to legally tie the knot. As if the wedding wasn't already disturbing enough, in attendance were Stephen's mother, Grace, alongside Katie's adoptive parents, Anthony and Kelly Fusco. They can be seen in many disturbing photos, smiling and appearing to enjoy the wedding alongside Stephen and a very pregnant Katie. Apparently, Anthony and Kelly Fusco only attended because they felt that all they could do at that point was support their adopted daughter in her decision once again. A few short months later, on September 1st, 2017, Katie gave birth to a baby boy whom they named Bennett. However, the happiness of their new marriage and young son didn't last long. Stephen and Katie were arrested four months later in January and extradited back to Virginia. Police administered DNA tests on Stephen, Katie and their son, Bennett, to confirm their familial genetics. The two were officially charged with incest, adultery and contributing to delinquency. In court, Stephen Plato's attorney tried to justify the unlawful marriage by explaining, This case is an 18-year-old girl who shows up at the doorstep of a 40-year-old man who's going through difficult times with his wife. They have a bond because they're biologically related, but they never knew each other before they had a sexual relationship. He was head over heels in love with her, so much so that that outweighed the issue of them being biologically related. Stephen was able to post bail and was released first. The judge ordered him not to leave the state of Virginia and to not have any contact with Haiti. However, the court did not deny Stephen access to his son, Bennett, who was placed in the care of Stephen's own mother, Grace. To leave the boy with Stephen's mother, who was 72, was described by Alyssa as a shocking failure. She continued, Stephen shouldn't ever have been allowed back to North Carolina, where he had access to his house, his weapons, the baby. I can understand they like to put children in the hands of relatives, but not Grace. She wouldn't have been able to stop him seeing the baby, even if she wanted to. Katie was later released on bail and was also ordered not to have any contact with Stephen. She decided to move back in with her adoptive parents in New York. However, Katie broke the no contact order and called Stephen and told him that she wanted to end their relationship. Heartbroken, Stephen did not take the news well. All he had left in the world was Katie and the baby, Things then took a devastating turn. On April 11th, 2018, Stephen went to his mother's house to pick up his infant son, Bennett, telling her that he was going to take the baby up to New York to see Katie. His mother didn't try to stop him. She couldn't have imagined that handing over the little boy would be a death sentence for the helpless child. Stephen took the boy to his home in Nightdale, North Carolina, where he strangled him and left his tiny, lifeless body shuttered away in a closet. This was only the beginning of Stephen's murderous rampage. He left the house and proceeded to drive 600 miles through the night up to New York, where he had planned to confront Katie. In the early hours the following morning, Stephen arrived at the home of Anthony and Kelly Fusco. He sat and patiently stalked the family from inside his blue minivan. He was familiar with the Fusco's family routine and he knew they would eventually leave to visit Katie's adoptive grandmother in Connecticut. As expected, Katie and Anthony emerged from their house and pulled out of the driveway in their Toyota pickup truck. Stephen followed closely behind in his minivan. Stephen couldn't hold back his rage any longer, and when the Fusco's truck came to a stop, he pulled up beside them and began firing upon them. With every shot fired, he unloaded his fury onto Katie and Anthony Fusco, killing them both in cold blood. An off-duty firefighter was there to witness the massacre and was the one to make the 911 call to first report the double killings. The firefighter described the horrific scene to dispatchers.
0: 911, what's the location oh. of your emergency? Hello, this is uh, Connecticut. It's on Route 7 and Route 55. Someone just went by and shot this guy in a truck. Somebody just shot somebody, just back, went, shot so that somebody in, in a truck on, on, on Route 55, sir? Yes, right at the beginning of Route 55 and Route 7. It just happened. I'm a fireman out of New York. The car pulled up, went around him, shot him. A whole clip into his head. Okay, sir. Is, is you still with him? We're here at the road. Where, right at the intersection? Yes, sir, right is at he, the intersection. Is, okay, sir. He's deceased, boss. The truck's in the middle of the road. He, he's dead? Yes, sir. Brain's are on the road. And he was shot. Did you see the person who shot him? God. We pulled up. There's a whole... Yes. Who? Okay, which way did the vehicle go? Headed toward New Melbourne, down Route South. 7. Down Route 7, can you describe the vehicle to me? It's a blue minivan with, I believe, a South Carolina plate. Blue minivan, South Carolina plate? Yes, sir. A light blue minivan. Okay, sir, just stay on the line with me.
1: 911 dispatchers soon received another phone call. This time it was Stephen's mother, Grace. In the call, Grace described what Stephen had just confessed to her, telling dispatchers about the dead baby boy and how Stephen had killed Katie and her dad.
0: He killed his wife, he killed her father, and I can't even believe this is happening. He left the baby dead when he left.
1: Stephen's mother cried out to the dispatcher. Five miles from the scene of Katie and Anthony Fusco slaying, Police found Stephen's vehicle, but Stephen was in no condition to be arrested. He had shot himself and his motionless body sat slouched in the driver's seat of the running vehicle. Stephen's ex-wife, Alyssa, eventually looked back on the events and said, It's been a difficult roller coaster of emotions because I'm so devastated by the loss of Katie and her adoptive dad and baby. But it's such a relief that I don't have to look over my shoulder anymore to see if Steve is there.